Good evening and welcome to the latest episode of the Mandacast. I'm your host, Scott Munro. Welcome to episode 240, Emergency Pod, did anyone say, with the news of Jose Mourinho sacking that came out this morning, and with the announcement that Daniel De Rossi will be taken over to the end of the season as an interim uh, interim coach. Uh, let's get this show started. With me today, I've got Joey. How are you, Joey? I'm good, Scott. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. Like we said off pod, we didn't expect this to happen. You didn't, as you WhatsApp me uh, yes uh, earlier again. I went, hey Joey, do you think we will get a communication official tomorrow? Nah, nah, can't see it. Nothing. Roma, hold my beer. Exactly how it worked out at the end of the pod. That's because uh, I actually listened to it uh, this morning as the news was happening, and I was at the point where you asked me if we were going to get a. A communication official from Roma and I said nah there's no way right and they said he'll stick out the season and well Roma said well nope hold my beer because here it is and yeah just uh, uh just been shocking news of the day uh we've also got Daniel Daniel how are you very good I think a lot of um almost adrenaline I would say from the day's events been following it on social media but uh Pretty good. I think it's for the best, ultimately, but uh, we'll get into that, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, we talked a little bit off pods that saying it was probably for the best. Uh, me and Joey have talked about this before, but Daniel, do you reckon hindsight being at its best at 2020, the best thing to would have been to cut all ties last summer? After the after the Spezia game and after the Europa League uh, final, which somewhat a Mourinho fan decided to post the handball situation again, and it's caught even more traction on social media. And <laughs> at the host of another pod, John John Solano just tweeted: "The more I watch this, the more I <laughs> was like convinced how it wasn't given, basically in the terms he said." But do you think it was probably best to cut all ties last summer? Probably. I mean, he is famous for being very good in his first two seasons uh, at a club. So, you know, probably we were on that upward trajectory up until the Europa League final. Maybe we could think of it like that. And then um, maybe we should have won it. Um, yeah. uh, and then uh, he probably would have left after. I think he would have wanted to leave on that kind of a high. We would have been in the Champions League. Um and I think that probably would have been the best. I mean, I saw reports earlier today saying that uh, the Freakins were initially thinking of, of sacking him already after their final due to his conduct with the referee. And um, uh, But I think, yeah, I think there probably should have been an acknowledgement that he wasn't, that maybe this third season wouldn't have gone so well. Um, but it, it is hard to say. And uh, like you say, with hindsight, everything's a lot clearer. But... Um, I think they've been fairly good in pulling the plug now. I think it would have been easier for them to just allow him to stay there till the end of the season. But um, there's still a lot to play for the season. So I think it was a difficult decision for them to take considering the fans' appreciation of Mourinho, especially local fans. But um, ultimately, I do think it is the right one for technical choices. And you're in the same boat as me. You want a certain Croatian manager for next season, potentially? Yeah, I would love Igor Tudor. Um, I think he's really good and he's managed at Marseille. 
recently was his yeah. last job, and I think that's quite a, a difficult club to to manage at. And I think um, he'd fit right in at uh, Roma. And I think he has a very strong personality as well. But but I'm also happy to to give De Rossi the chance and to see what he can yeah. do. I think I think it will be very difficult for him. And I mean, he's not really going to be able to get his his his. Uh, footprint on the team or his uh, ideas into the team for a few weeks still. So, um, yeah, but I mean, if he does well, I would also be happy to give him a chance uh, next season as well. It depends just how this transition period goes. Jerry, I'll come to you. We've done a lot of pods together this year. Uh, a lot of ranting therapeutic pods. Um, like the news broke this morning and uh, I think it was half past eight my time so they would have the the Roma players probably would have gone into to training um so Mourinho and all his backroom staff have been let go I would I potentially I would have kept Salvatore Fotti because I think he would have done a an, a good job helping De Rossi out but it is what it is um what were your thoughts on it overall because we like as as I said earlier we recorded yesterday um it was actually quite nice of Roma to do this in the morning and not last night. That would have been even worse. Um, but you didn't expect this to happen, did you? No, I'm completely shocked. I thought they would have let him um, finish the season, especially that we have Europe with Feyenoord. And um, I, I think this is, you know, might I might be defending Mourinho a bit here. I, I think it might be hard with the Rossi to beat Feyenoord. Uh, so that's why I was expecting him to, uh, to only leave by the end of the season, but I'm in agreement with, uh, with Daniel as well. I, th- I thought the best time would have been at the end of the last season, given how everything has gone. Um, I thought he would have left on a high if they won that, which they should have won that for sure. Like we said yesterday, they got the Sevilla and Anthony Taylor. So, um, but Daniel is right. I've read the same reports about Mourinho, um, the Freakins not being happy with uh, some of his comments that he's made, um, obviously last year and probably towards referees over his tenure. And um, so it was already not looking great. And I saw another report today. I've showed it to you, Scott, and I don't know if you read this, Mm -hmm. Daniel. I I really believe in uh, Filippo Biafra, the uh, Il Tempo uh, journalist. I really think he's one of the most credible guys out there. And he did... He did mention, uh, I think it was on a podcast, that I think a few of the foreigner players went to actually to the vice president, to Ryan Freakin, and complained about Mourinho. Complained about the conditions in the pitch. Could be how they were positioned, how they were playing. Could be about the coach. But ultimately, they ended up firing him You know, a week later. So I, I think there was this sort of break up in the dressing room and not everybody was maybe following him anymore or they knew something wasn't working. So a lot of players just weren't happy with the situation. So if this was true, which I would believe it is, I can now understand um, the sacking of Jose Mourinho. It also comes at a a pretty interesting time of the season. I don't know for both of you. Uh, Roma's running is actually quite decent up until... I want to say mid-March, there is some very winnable games. But deep down inside, in the, the style of football that 
Mourinho did play and the games that we've played this season, in the back of my mind, those winnable games were probably thinking, they're just probably just scrape a 1-0 win here, score on the 85th minute, and then go on to the next one. Is the belief now that with De Rossi in charge, there is the mentality is there, oh, well, you have to fight for everything. Like, the mentality will be still there then, but that De Rossi will just be like, when he was a player, he will not take no shit from anyone. There has to be 100% effort, passion from everyone. Because this, this is the club that he played for for almost 20 years, and he's a Roma fan. And I'm thinking... I'm I'm really looking forward to this. I'm intrigued to see now how we'll set up and how he'll do. I know he he had the the misfortune of what happened with Spal, but deep down for both of you, how do you think De Rossi will do in just for six months? Do you think it could be a success? And if he does well, as Daniel said, push comes to shove, you might just give him an eighteen month deal or maybe a year deal. See how it goes on and on and on. But um, Daniel lost. Start off with you and then Joey. How do you think De Rossi will do? Um, I'm I'm not exactly sure. I think, firstly, I would say that I, I think it was the right choice to go for De Rossi now in that mm-hmm. I think after, you know, with Mourinho going, the first issue is that the fans would have probably only accepted someone of De Rossi's kind of stature. And mm-hmm. I think the Friedkins are do protect themselves a bit. I don't know if this is part of their reasoning necessarily, but they do protect themselves a bit by hiring De Rossi because, of course, the fans are going to get behind him. I also think for the for the players now who are quite low in morale and, um, you know, like uh, Joey says, there, some of them may have already been against Mourinho, but I'm sure there will be some, maybe the likes of Mancini or Pellegrini who would have been very fond of Mourinho or maybe Tammy mm. Abraham. And... Um, and so I think it's important that the manager who would have come in now would have been someone who would have commanded a lot of respect. And I think there's probably only Antonio Conte and Daniel De Rossi I can think of that would have kind of been able to walk in and command that respect immediately, that I can think of managers who are available right now. Um, of course, Conte is a bit of a – he's got other flaws, of course. But um, De Rossi, um, he's been described as quite a progressive manager, although, of course, he has a very short CV, so we don't really – know exactly how it will be and I think Spal was is kind of kind of a chaotic environment in Serie B there so I don't know if we can read in too much from his time there but I'd imagine that he will be very motivating for a group that is probably very flat right now coming off a derby defeat and in all honesty a terrible performance against Milan I thought um, so in terms of motivation he'll be great I think and I also think he doesn't need – I think less is more when it comes to the tactics in the sense that I personally do think there is quite a good squad there for him to work with. You know, you do have the likes of Lukaku and Dybala, uh, Pellegrini. There's a lot of players with talent here. So with a decent run in now, some games that are very winnable and very good players, it's just about fitness and the motivation. And I think in terms of motivation, he'll be able to give that to the players. Um, the other elements, uh, let's see. But But I think – I don't expect anything incredible from him. I also don't really expect it to be a huge failure. So I think it might be somewhere in between and we maybe find ourselves between sixth, seventh, you know, maybe fifth. I don't know, but somewhere around there I would, I would predict now. And Joey, how about yourself? 
I think he'll bring a lot of the same passion uh, and a bit of the character Mourinho had if there's a player that had um, that shared the same sort of passion and characteristics Mourinho has as a player, it would be Daniele De Rossi. And it just so happens that he is a Romano, Romanista, so he'll, he'll definitely have that. He'll definitely get the most out of the, the players as much as he can. Like, like Daniel said about tactics, I, I don't know how much can change, especially such in a short time period, time period with, uh, you know, with him trying to stamp his own sort of philosophy in, in a few months. It's just such a short time window. Um, I think we might do better against the, the smaller teams. I think the big teams, we still, we still may struggle. I'm just maybe hoping um, I'm talking about athletic conditions, like, uh, you know, less injuries, but we know how always that's a problem, being able to to go for 90 minutes, to have that sort of athletic condition we're missing maybe from the preseason and it's been wrong ever since. Maybe that's something De Rossi can, um, I won't say correct, but, you know, can improve upon the end of the season. Maybe we can see the guys be able to press better, run better. Obviously, he's going, I think they'll try to be a little more daring going forward. I, I don't think he will stay as you know defensive as Mourinho is, but um, again, those elements are something we have to wait and see. But he'll definitely bring the the passion, uh, the passion to the the fan base, and I think he can get a few warriors out of those players. But other than that, we'll see. Uh, I agree with Daniel. We don't know what the, we don't know if he'll improve or it'll be worse. I think it'll be somewhere in between. We'll have some good moments and some bad moments. You mentioned Warriors. There's one player I think will probably excel under him, and that's Eduardo Bove. I think that he should be the heartbeat of this Roma midfield under him. I don't know if you two would agree with that. Yeah, I, I certainly agree for sure. Everyone was tipping him as one of the next, you know, Daniele De Rossi uh, type, obviously not as good as he'd be, but like the way he showed passion, character, and being uh a, a Roman-born player, they've always projected him as one of the next uh, Daniel De Rossi's for us. So, yeah, I, I definitely see that. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think there's a couple. Like, Daniel, you mentioned Mancini. Mancini is 110% all, all, all the time. He will get himself stupidly booked. He will get him sent, himself sent off, like what happened last week in the Coppa Italia game because he had a go at Orsato after the final whistle. That happens. Um, I think him, Pellegrini, Bove, Mancini. So like, that's your four core players that could be the spine of your team. Um, he's got experience with Rory Patricio, who's also in the final six months of his contract. He's also got the two attackers and Dybala and Lukaku. Technically, uh, Dybala's contracts need sorting out also isn't it jerry his clause that is like 11 million euros that's now finished yeah as, as soon as his clause finished they sacked Mourinho. <laughs> so uh, i was just i just saw it on twitter it was a joke but yeah it's it's the clause is finished now and um he has one more deal uh sorry one more year left in the summer but i hope they sort it out i i did like yeah. i saw a reassuring picture that he was smiling when he saw the rossi so hopefully Hopefully he stays. That's all I want is Dybala to stay. So, yeah, I, I think there is there is as Daniel said there is a core of players that 
will fight for De Rossi that have also fought for Mourinho. There is Mourinho had his favourites, they had his 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 his, uh, his uh, core players, and they fought for him. And I think De Rossi will have the same. I'll ask both of you this because I'm intrigued to hear what both of your answers are. What's Mourinho's legacy at Roma? Oh, uh, I mean, great in, in Europe, not so great in Serie A. I mean, we've had one of the lowest point totals with him ever. And it, this, uh, I think this is his lowest point total for him personally out of any club he's coached. I just saw it earlier at 1.7 um, points per game, which is the lowest out of any teams he's coached. So ultimately was mediocre in Serie A, but he excelled and was elite in Europe for us. And how about yourself, Daniel? Um, as much as I am not a fan of all at all of Mourinho's football, I think he'll probably be remembered positively. And I think people will mm. almost... People always remember trophies and finals, so I think people will remember him from the for the Conference League and for the Europa League final. Um, and I think people will forget more and more uh, the poor domestic performances. I think, um, and maybe I think it would probably be those European adventures plus the theatrics and um, the red cards and, and stuff like that on the bench. I think that's what probably would stick in most people's mind and. In particular, the celebrations, though, in, in May uh, after winning the Conference League in Rome, I think the images from that, I think, will probably remember. So, in general, he'll probably be remembered quite positively, I think, the, the further we get away from his from his uh, tenure. Yeah, and I just want to add, I yeah, would I agree. agree, and also him bringing back um, a lot or most of the fans to the stadium, having 60-plus mm-hmm. thousand every single game, whether it's Coppa Italia against a Serie B team or a big match in Serie A, or a big European night, he brought back the crowd to the stadium, and he'll certainly be uh, remembered for that. And he'll be remembered from every Roma fan for how much he loved the team. Uh, He really did. He wanted to stay. He said he wanted to stay, and he said how much he loved the team and what uh, what the fans are all about and how they treated him and how they they are towards Roma. And he he really loved the connection between the fans and the, the club. I'll always thank him for Tirana for the Conference League final. Roma's first, uh, well, it was his first European trophy and also the first major trophy since 2008, which was the Coppa Italia slash the Italian Super Cup, which they both beat Inter under Spalletti's reign. I'd always thank him for last season in Europa League. The final second leg is a game that I'll always remember because it was down and out and with 10 minutes to go, um, final equalised and we're going through 2-1 on aggregate with the header from the Brazilian striker who came on. His name forgets me, but but, uh, it's if uh, it's Pak Shao, I think it was. Yeah, it's Pak Shao. And then you just see this moment of brilliance. Lorenzo Pellegrini to Paolo Dybala, who was probably about 30% fit and shouldn't really have been playing. And he just swivels, turns, and then just scores. And the whole Olympico just went absolute bananas and nuts. 
and then Roma won the game in extra time thanks to goals from Stefan Alshawari and Tammy Abraham. Um, like I've been to the Olympico three times under Mourinho's reign, and all three times have been amazing. Uh, Monza three 0 in August last uh, August last year, August twenty twenty two, brilliant three 0 under the lights in a hot August uh, Roman weather. Uh, the Ludogorets bonkers game when one of Zaniolo's last home games where he just turned up turn on like a a light bulb being turned on. Um, Maybe a bit fortunate with VAR and the disallowed goal for Ludogorets and the sending off, but nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And the uh, the Spezia game last uh, last July, uh, last June, when um, straight after the Europa League final, um, like Daniel, you went to the Olimpico to watch the Venezia game under Mourinho. It was your first time there, wasn't it? But it was also something special because. Roma screwed up against Venezia and had about five million shots. But could you see the fans buying into him then? Yeah, they were definitely they were definitely crazy for him already then. I think, and um, I think it was just a couple of weeks before the Conference League final, so there was a bit of a a heavy anticipation for that final. Um, but certainly locally, he has always been very popular, and I think he. To be honest, I think he's 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 very intentional in how he conducts himself, and I think he knew what to do and which buttons to press with the local fans to get them on his side. So um, he's always been very aware of that, and um, I'm sure among them he will always be very popular. You know, for me, it's the I, I, personally what I don't like about Mourinho is the whole theatrics on the sidelines and the so many suspensions and red cards and. I just think that was never part of being Roma. And I, I know that we've not won much in the past, but I, whenever I s- tell people I support Roma, I think one of the f- first things we start discussing is how good Roma play football. I think it's always been part of our mm-hmm. identity to play very good football. And um, this element of complaining to refer- about referees all the time is something I won't uh, miss. But... Um, I think it is something ultimately that endeared him to the local fans because almost every time he got sent off at the Olympico, he was applauded or um, cheered by the fans. And I think the fact that he was often and perhaps almost always sent off at home uh, can tell you that he was doing it somewhat intentionally, I think, at, at points because he knew how to get the local fan base on his side and how to pump them up, let's say. But I also think De Rossi will be able to do that in his own way. So I don't think we'll necessarily not have that at all. Who's now going to get sent off in all the <laughs> games now? <laughs> it's going to be Mancini now. It's not going to be uh, De Rossi. <laughs> I think De Rossi will be more definitely more professional. He knows all these referees, yeah. so yeah. Uh, he'll certainly be more professional. And Scott, we've spoken about it uh, before, and Daniel, I don't know if you've heard of our uh, some of our previous pods. We're, we're just getting a little tired of one antic Mourinho is just always having the, the, the mentality of swarming the referee after every call. I mean, that's not going to get the refs on your side. It, it really isn't like it was the us against the world mentality. After a while, it was, it was kind of getting old. And I think Roma needed to be at certain moments, definitely more professional um, towards the referees. And maybe the referees wouldn't give us such bad calls, but who knows? I, I think De Rossi will, will look to be cleaning that up uh, for the next few months. 
I, th- I think I think it'll inevitably lead to less yellow and red cards for our yeah. own players, which is yeah. a good thing. I think, and I think I, was thinking that. I think it's a bit of uh, I, to me. I think Mancini's like probably one of the best players in this team right now, and he's one of the few mm-hmm. players who improved under Mourinho. I think only him and Bove, I can say, truly improved under Mourinho. And I think it's, it was a dangerous mix to have Mancini under Mourinho because it's already a volatile player, and putting that kind of environment and mentality on him he's going to be even more prone to uh, hot-headed decisions but um i think yeah de rossi as a manager is probably not at all similar to how he was as a player where he could have he had a red card in him at any point you know um but no i seem quite professional in that so i think that should probably change and i think that'll be for the better do you see him as a tracksuit guy or a three-piece suit Ooh. I think three-piece suit, but... Um... Yeah, I'm going with three-piece suit. I think he wore that with Italy, right? If I'm not yeah, mistaken. Turtleneck, neck. it gets quite cold in the in the winter in Rome. <laughs> we we have to find the photos of uh, how he showed up to, to spa games. I think he arrived at Trigoria today with a backpack, like, like you do if you're leaving for work. Just a general... It looked quite... I won the DDR16 jacket. Roma, if you're selling them, I'll spend my overtime money on it before I go to Rome in April. But if you're selling them, please do it. Um, but yeah, if it, I'd, I'd like to see him add a bit of clout. I, I liked what Mourinho used to do on the touchline. I like that grey coat he wore a couple of years ago. I managed to get a grey coat not too similar to that. Um, I think he wore a roll neck. I think he got, like in Italy and in, in most countries, you've got to look a bit stylish when you're on the touchline. Yeah. I think you're right, yeah. I think Zilassi will have his own style for unless, sure. Unless you're Maurizio Sarri, I think he's probably the worst dressed. Yeah, it looks like he's just got out of bed. But to be honest, he's he's got a good record over Roma recently. So I can't... It's the only thing I can begrudge about him. But yeah, it looks like he's just literally rolled out of bed on a Sunday afternoon after a nice lay-in yeah. while smoking some fags. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I'm not going to lie He's beaten Raymond quite a lot of times recently, so it, I'll, I'll keep it quiet. But honestly, I wanted to ask you both, because I know, Joe, we've done a lot of pods. Daniel, um, third season with Roma with Mourinho. How have you seen it this season before we got the news today? It's been a tough watch. We did some stuff yesterday. We were saying, are Roma broken? And I'll add that with a caveat for both of you afterwards. Will we see the end of the three five two? Um I think we won't, actually. Um I think uh but this is just a guess. I think Marie uh De Rossi, I know has been I wouldn't call him a disciple of Guardiola, uh, but I know that he's been to many training sessions of Guardiola and I think he's uh picked up a lot on that. And I think the squad for now is kind of a it kind of depends on having a back three slash back yeah. five. Um, I think my main worry is that you, we don't we can't play a front three. I think with Lukaku and Dybala, we don't really have the wingers um, in the squad, um, and I'm not in a back four. I'm not super comfortable with those fullbacks, those wingbacks defending. So if they are to be turned into fullbacks in a back four and have a bit more defensive responsibility. I'm not sure how comfortable I'd be with him. Maybe Spinazzola I would be, but the likes of Zalewski and Karstorp, I'm a bit uh, unsure. And I, 
I also think it's up for De Rossi now to to assess, but you know he has to make an impact very soon. I mean, he's only got a matter of days until the first game, so mm-hmm. he has to think when he'll be able to switch that up if he wants to, and is it worth the risk? I know there's a friendly in Saudi Arabia coming up next week, so maybe that's even an opportunity to try something, but um, uh, we'll see. I'm not sure. Uh, and how about season three of Jose? Broken football, it seemed to be coming to the yeah. end of a cycle right near the end. I don't know if you would agree with me and Jerry, which we talked about recently. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I, to be completely honest, I don't think we ever played very good football under Mourinho in any of the years. Um, mm. I think you can count the very good performances on your hand. Um, so I think we were always overly dependent on individuals, um, creating something from nothing. Um, and we saw it this season that when Dybala wasn't there, it's it's two different teams. And I don't buy Mourinho's excuse that it's that everyone else is not as good as Dybala. I mean, obviously they aren't, but you should still be able to play a coherent style of football, regardless of who's in the team or or who's not. You know, when Dybala goes, it's not that we play a bit worse; it's that we just don't have any ideas whatsoever. Um, and so. Um, yeah, I think the season just never got going, really, you know. And um, the defeat in Genoa was quite was quite bad. Um, already then, I thought the season was probably over from a technical point of view. Um, but then again, like I said earlier, I think it won't take that much from De Rossi to, to get the team going. He does have good players there. It's just about fitness, which I think has been an issue for Mourinho's team. And um, if they can get on top of that a bit, I think I think we'll be okay. Um going forward. I think we should see better football and I think certainly De Rossi will be more progressive than Mourinho and I think we might concede a few more goals but I think we'll we'll look a bit better going forward I think. Here, here. Do you think uh, no, that was going to be my next question. Do you guys just miss attacking football? Uh, yes. I, <laughs> he, said, he said it straight off that. I think if Imran said it was on he would have said the same thing or James. Like, I miss... Uh, nothing against Jose because it worked for, for for a bit, I reckon for about two seasons. I think, like I've said plenty of times on the podcast, his style of football gets you to a point, but you need to evolve in the third or fourth season. Like I th- always say like his performances in knockout competitions in Europe are second to none with Roma. Like, they've done amazing. They always try and get the, a draw away from home and then get them back to Olympico and just, try and win the game at the Olympico and he's done it quite a lot of times in the last two years but in Serie A it was it got painful um, and I don't want to get abused on social media because I know the Mourinho fan base is already trying to do it to some people it's not going to work um, but like me and Joey have said I don't know if Daniel have you seen have you heard that but Mourinho's record against the top six teams in, in Serie A is pitiful. Four wins in 28 games in all competitions. And um, Sarri's beaten him a few times in like quite it, it, since the beginning of the 22-23 season. They haven't picked up a point against Lazio. Uh, Milan, where it's four wins and two draws for Pioli against Mourinho. 
Napoli, they've, they picked up the result just before Christmas, but that was against nine men. You had to wait until the second half to get the result. Juventus under Allegri struggled, and but they did win the game at uh, the Olimpico in March, thanks to a goal from Gianluca Mancini. But do you expect that more attacking football and a better record against the top six. I don't want to see Roma under De Rossi, like under under Mourinho, go to a top six team and play like a provincial side. I want those days gone. Yeah, yeah. I'd imagine that we would we would start to play better football. I mean, one thing that always annoyed me during Mourinho's uh, tenure is that people have said um, that you know playing good football doesn't matter. It's about winning that matters. But the truth is that it's it's this false narrative that people push that the truth is that if you find a successful team in world football or in European football, they don't play bad football. They play attacking football. There's no big club in Europe that is pursuing a style of football that Mourinho was pursuing. It just doesn't happen anymore. Times have changed. And um, Daniel, there's one club. Yeah. There's one club, Juventus. is the only one that makes it successful. Yeah, they're a bit better though. I mean, I, I take your point. They are... The, they're a bit, they're a bit the efficient version of what we are. I think. Um, well, they have yeah, the players for it as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think it remains to be seen at a European level how well they'll do next season. And, and they have been a bit lucky in this, not lucky, but they've been fortunate to only focus on Serie A this season. But I think you know, if you look at the Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga, no teams play like that, and there's a reason for it. It's because. Football's a lot more high energy now and it's a lot more about creating space and overloads and numerical superiority and um, the world has moved on from his style of football and I think at least in De Rossi we will have a younger manager who's almost certainly inculcated with that younger style of football and I think there is a good young generation of Italian managers and managers that have come through Syria around about his age group that are quite progressive, quite modern and so I would imagine that we would play a bit better. Um, and I think Mourinho was overly obsessed with not, you know, not conceding space, the low block, um, and and ensuring that you don't concede. Um, and I think that obsession is a bit outdated now. And I think I would hope that we've seen kind of the last of it. And I, I think it's something that just doesn't go with the fabric of Roma, ultimately. And I think... De Rossi will be quite progressive as a manager. So um, whether he gets the time to really, you know, if he'd started at the beginning of a season, he'd have six weeks preseason, you know, but, you know, we can't really write off the next six weeks, can we? So um, he's got to get going quite quickly. And I think in his case, if he can have a light touch now, it would probably serve him best, you know, moving forward. Also, he's got like a good opponent to come into on Saturday in Hellas Verona of basically sold three of their best players in uh in Gonge, um they, davide farioni's on the way, uh, literally played for fiorentina against udinese on, on sunday and josh doig's on his way to marseille so that's three key components from uh from the verona side but this is the verona side who won 2-1 and countered roma to death in in verona in the first game in oh, in the second game of the season after the disappointing draw against Salonatana. I'll ask both of you this before we got some listeners' questions because I did put um, a bit of social media content out this morning and got some uh, so, uh, some questions for the pod. Where next for Jose Mourinho? Ooh, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I think I'm gonna go with Saudi. I think he it's at the point he takes the money. I don't think he'll be international because Portugal hired a new coach and Brazil did as well. Um yeah, I gotta go Saudi. If if it's Premier League, I can see Newcastle or Chelsea. But I certainly think Saudi and I will support him. I I won't forget the two years. We won a trophy, like we mentioned, back to back European finals. Uh the the emotions, the highs we went through with him. So I will continue to support him, and I, I hope he does successful at his next team. How about you, Daniel? Because I'm going to stun both of you afterwards. Mm. I would have thought maybe for a while, I thought the Brazil job was maybe a possibility for him. But I think uh, more than likely, I would think he goes to Saudi Arabia. I think very low chance he gets another job in the Premier League, to be honest. Um, but... Uh, I think I think the Premier League has moved on from him. Um, no, I, you you will have to stun me because I can only really think of the Sa- Saudi Arabia now. Well, there's a, there's, I think the stars are aligned, and I think this this is always going to happen. Euro twenty twenty four this year. I think quite a few international jobs will go in the summer, and I think a waistcoat manager might be manager in the Premier League this season. Sorry, n- next season. I think he could get the England job. Oh, wow. You think so? Isn't his reputation too low in England now, after Tottenham? Uh, it is kind of low, Daniel. It is kind of low, but there's always the stars have been aligned. I think mm. I, I don't think he'll get another club job in England unless no. Newcastle pull the pin on Eddie Howe and do give him the keys to, to to Newcastle and just give him a boatload of money just to buy players, which I could see happening. Chelsea, I don't see happening because they've got Poch and they, I think they're going to give Pochettino the time which they didn't give Graham Potter last season. I think it might be international. Port, uh, you guys said Portugal have done really well with uh, Roberto Martinez. Um, I know Brazil sacked is it Denise, which was the Fluminense coach? They hired a new one, Scott, just recently. Yeah, yeah. I think it's only on interim basis. I'm not too sure. So, oh, okay. Uh, well, but I have a feeling. I jokingly said this to my friend. Um, there is a chance that he could manage England, and it wouldn't surprise me. Would you want him for the to manage the Scotland team at some God, point? No, no. Steve Clark is doing a wonderful job. <laughs> I just take it a Steve joke. Clark. It's doing a wonderful, wonderful job, and he's taking us to the yeah. heroes. And it's, I do it's, not want that. <laughs> with Mourinho, it's it's all fun and games until he's linked to your club or your national team. You know. Yeah. Now that he's man- but, now that he's managing in Saudi Arabia, I'll be I'll be his biggest fan now. I wouldn't surprise me if he does go to Saudi and just has one massive big payday for two years, and then he can relax in his mid sixties when he finally pulls the pin on it. And then, then you can go back on his career and some hell of a career that he did. He, apart from Tottenham, he's won a trophy. It's That's right. Bonkers. It's I do bonkers. think, though, Scott, he ends off on an international note. I think he, he takes one international job before he ends his career. Oh, apologies. He, I know he managed Benfica and, and now De Lira as well. And he didn't win anything there. In his first job, he got sacked after a couple of months at Benfica. But apart from that, 
like Porto won he won Champions League uh, the UEFA Cup against Celtic um, and I think he won back-to-back league titles and maybe a couple of cups Chelsea unbelievable two two and a bit years at Chelsea I think that's the best I've seen a team play in my generation of watching football since uh, up until Manchester City recently it was just unbelievable and that, that inter that inter side was unbelievable Real Madrid back at uh, Chelsea and then uh, Manchester United football heritage that will just always remind me of that and then Tottenham which sadly didn't work out and Roma like the fans loved him he he brought something to Roma which hasn't been brought to Roma in a long while which is a bit of success and he brought I want to say the city together it made everyone go to the ground like as you said guys 60,000 every week like I've been Daniel's been it's been brilliant to go go there and watch Mourinho football because you get the atmosphere there. Like I stood in the curve of Nord and it was unbelievable. Like, it took me like 15, 20 minutes to get out on the ground with Sterling when I went in August. It was just unbelievable. I just think that I think his legacy will roam, as Daniel said, will be, it will be amazing after like we look back at it in a couple of years and it'll be like, yeah, he came to Roma under not great circumstances with all the stuff going on behind the scenes with FFP, but the two years, the first two years were wonderful. Got us to win a conference league. Got to the final of the Europa League, and I'm sorry, Joey, I have to bring it up again with Sevilla. I know you don't talk, like talking about that again. That's three times I brought it up in the last three weeks. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's um, and, and he brought like a togetherness. But I just thought the third season, it's all that hard work in the first two years just sort of just drifted away. And I think there was a bit of complacency, um, a bit of stubbornness and a bit of like not willing to change. I don't know if you two would agree with me. Yeah, I think so. I think the team didn't really change much this season, even though there seemed to be quite a lot of problems. So I don't know if necessarily formation necessarily is the problem but if it was why not you know give it a try or something try something different you know especially in in the last few weeks i think yeah i agree with daniel and that's what we mentioned last pod scott there was just no other alternatives they weren't changing for other solutions so we still may not see a a change in formation like with the rossi i think he might you know try to keep it uh similar but he might just try to be a little more progressive but yeah there were no there are no solutions. There are no attempts to make anything different to try to fix this. So ultimately, this is what led to the decision. So yeah, I definitely agree with Daniel on this one. All right, I've got some listeners' questions. We've got three. Uh, uh, it's me, JVK. Uh, yeah, how do you feel about this? And please explain which coach will make Spinner and Karsdorp pinpoint crosses. Dude, we are fucked. <laughs> uh I mean, we. I think we all felt that the time has come, whether it was now or end of the season. So uh, I think it was just time for a change. And here here we are. And no, I don't think no coach will be able to make Spinazzola, Karsdorp, Celic, Christensen, and Zaleski. I named every single wing back 
I don't think he'll be able to make them magically cross the ball any better. So this is what we're left with till the end of the season. Yeah, but this thing, the thing about crossing I find strange because crossing is always, um, statistically speaking, is always going to be a small opportunity. And I don't think, if you do think you have poor crossing in the team, I mean, score a goal a different way. Milan scored two goals against us without putting in a cross. The one goal they did, they put in a cross. But if you think the team isn't good at crossing, then build up to the, the goals in a different way. But we don't. Um and anyway, it's like blaming. It's like saying uh, we have poor long-distance shooting. It's just not something to say. I mean, you create space on the pitch, and there's there's other ways to to get close to the goals. And um, I didn't ever see with Mourinho this kind of yeah, trying something different. You know, if there's a problem in the team, you have to try work around it as well. He's he's paid ten million euros a season. You know, not to tell us that Karsdorp can't cross. I'm sure most of us can say it. You know. Um, he's paid 10 million euro a season to, to find solutions. That's a good point. Daniel brought up, um, Scott, and that's what we, uh, we kind of mentioned too, right? Where Roma's attack, uh, Daniel, we've mentioned before that Roma, what they would do is they would just, they wouldn't be able to progress forward quickly. So their attack would slow down and that would make everybody come back to defend the opposite team and it would force us to put the ball wide to cross. So if we find other solutions to work through the middle quicker on either counterattacks or good progressive play, uh, he's right, Daniel. We may not have to see uh, a, our game predicated on crosses being successful. So we may try to find other ways of scoring. No, it's a very good point. As you say, the slower you play, yeah. uh, you leave yourself only the wide areas really to operate in. You know, and our worst yeah. position is the wide areas. So maybe De Rossi has seen this. I'm sure he watches Roma games like we do, and he'll try to find a solution for it. Yeah. Um, at Merkel, Tony, this team needs a cultural shift. Too many cards, tantrums, etc. How deep would you go to change the mentality, i.e. moving on coaches, players, even directors? How much of a clean slate, clean slate sorry, do you think is needed to get the team on the path to success? I always said that they need a revolution. They already, I mean, Pinto's already gone. They've already got rid of the coaches. So the cultural shift will happen, right? The cards, I think they will lessen with the Rossi. So that's already starting to take place, but he's only interim. But I, I do think player-wise, they, they need to do um, an overhaul in the summer. They can't replace everybody. It's impossible with financial fair play, but they got to start slowly with a few players each year. And they, they, they definitely have to change what they they have now. So as clean as possible of a slate you can get, that's what Roma, I feel they need to do. Yeah, yeah I that, agree. Sorry, sorry, Daniel, I didn't mean to cut you off. No worries, sorry. Um, yeah, I also think that was the good... That was a good reason for getting rid of Mourinho now because every week in the press conference he was devaluing our squad further as well. So we were going to find ourselves in the summer not being able to sell any players. I mean, how do you sell Karsdorp if you, you offer him around Europe and everyone will come back to you saying, but Mourinho's been slagging him off for for weeks and months now. So um, it's good that we won't have such a devalued squad and we'll be able to do something. But um, I think there's still good value. I think um, it will be it'll be some big decisions to be made on, on to which players to move on. I think there's also some bigger players that maybe need to move on as well. 
Um, I think you're quite a fan of Cristante. I can't remember Scott if I'm right, but for me, I am. Yes, I am. A, I am a big fan. Um, I, I, I've I, to never be honest, loved I him. wouldn't. I wouldn't mind if he. I think he's he's one of the high earners at the club as well. I was actually going to ask you this, Daniel. Which other players? key components to the side you reckon may have to be moved on in the summer I think it's fair enough to, to I don't want to say get rid of Cristante I think he's, he's played a good four or five seasons you know, with us now I think that's mm. a good cycle six, I think six. I would like uh, six even so that, that's quite a substantial career at the club and I think I would like to try something different in the midfield I'm not, I'm not a fan of Paredes as well too much so I think really focusing on Bove and seeing how to complement a player like him a bit more. Um, for me, the most important players to keep are Mancini and Dybala. Um, mm-hmm. Even someone like Lukaku, I wouldn't lose too much sleep over if we can't keep him because I know it will be expensive. But for me, the most important are to keep Bove, Mancini and um, Dybala. Uh, yep. I would uh, certainly add in Ndika, given his age. I think he, mm. unless we have to yeah. sell somebody, yeah. he's somebody that doesn't seem to uh, seem to he seems to have done well under uh, Mourinho. But yeah, it's it's still just a handful of players. Uh, uh, Scott, like like Daniel mentioned, he would only keep a few. S- same with myself. Um, I I never mind Cristante. I want to give my point in. I, I thought he did well in certain moments, but again, this this midfield has been bang average they're not dynamic like we always spoke about there's not dynamic they can't really they're not athletically uh gifted enough to be able to help progress play and it makes the midfield disjointed uh you know what as much as i like cristante i always thought if romo wanted to do better he needed to be a bench player and not be a starter or even at other case just be gone entirely but we'll see under the rossi uh, guys, remember, I think it was De Rossi that says, I would like to have 11 Cristantes, if I'm not mistaken. He was the one who said that. So we'll see how much he plays, how much he's useful for uh, De Rossi next few months. But definitely in the summer, we'll, uh, we'll need to uh, change uh, a lot, make a lot of big decisions with certain players. I think there was probably two, maybe three soluble assets in the team. One is currently injured at the moment. And if he didn't get injured against Spezia, I think he would have been in the Premier League right now, which is Tammy Abraham. I think Roma may cut ties with him after his injury. I don't know if you two would agree with that. And maybe if an offer comes in from Saudi Arabia for Lorenzo Pellegrini, it wouldn't surprise me if they decide to cash in. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me either. Scott, we just mentioned, I, I think, uh, and Daniel mentioned about devaluing players. You mentioned two and I mentioned one. I, I think those are the only players of value that Roma have um, are Pellegrini, even though he's kind of had a down, what, year and a half, two years, people still mm-hmm. rate him. So uh, for as good as he's been that first season, even though he's been devaluing, uh, and Dika and and Abraham, those are the I think the three players that have any sort of value to sell on this team, and that speaks a lot of how we've been over the past couple of years. I only say this because Pellegrini's got eighteen months left on his deal, and you don't want to go into like the last twelve months going uh, gonna have, might have to sell you for a low value, and then you lose on the transfer market. 
Yeah, but I mean, how low could it be for Pellegrini? I would be shocked if it's anything under 30. I really would be. Yeah, That's I don't think question. I don't think they'd let him go for under thirty. I think um, I think the fans wouldn't respond too well as well to that. I think he I think Pellegrini hasn't merited his salary this season so far, but I also think with a lot of these players, they have been handicapped by Mourinho's style. So yeah, I would also want to give them a chance to see how they can do under De Rossi. Maybe we'll have a clearer idea of those who just aren't going to ever fit in and those who maybe we can monetize a bit. I mean, I don't know how many, if many clubs will pay for Abraham given the risk. Um, Maybe he can be included in, in making Lukaku stay permanently. I don't know, but um, I'm a big fan of his, to be honest. I I miss not having him. I know he's not maybe as good as Lukaku, but um, it's a great personality. First season, Abraham was amazing. Second season, Abraham was um, was a little bit off and a bit frustrating. Yeah, yeah for me it's, it's forgettable. For me, it's linked to Mourinho, but I think maybe now that he'll come back from injury, I think in the next few weeks, maybe by March, maybe April, we'll maybe get another look at him. And yeah. having someone like Lukaku may very well help Abraham. We can see how they can link up even with Dybala, so we'll, we'll see how that uh, turns out. We'd love to see a, a like a a trident with Dybala as a number ten behi- uh, in front of sorry behind both Lukaku and Abraham. That could be quite interesting. Yeah, it certainly would and be. A bit ballsy. And characteristics, Scott, they would fit right. Lukaku is very good back to goal, very good at holding off players. While Abraham's very good with uh, um, basically he, him looking at staring down and bearing down on goal. He's not a back to goal player, but he's very good at running directly at opposition. So uh, I think it's something that can actually work out. Here, here. Uh, our final question is from at Brady BO5. DDR is a sentimental choice as a replacement, but he is unproven as a manager. Is he really the best replacement to go with at this moment? I would say, yeah. I mean, there's really anybody else you hire, you have to give them a um a longer contract someone like Tudor Conte were out of jobs don't probably don't want to come in mid-season without any guarantees and I don't think Roma want to offer any sort of long-term deal without a sporting director which we we have to hire right so they want to evaluate the team by the end of the season and no good manager wants to come in here for six months so the only one you can get is somebody who is well-connected to the team and will keep the fan base from coming, which is Daniele De Rossi. So I think he was literally the only choice if we had to sack Mourinho. Yeah, I'd agree with, I agree with everything that. Joey said yeah. there. Yeah, It was the only right. It, may, it probably is a sentimental choice, but it was the only right choice that was available at the moment. Um, Guys, thank you very much for your questions. I think that pretty much was all the questions as we as we got. Um, both to Danny and Joey, do you have anything more else to add? No, I'm just excited for the game on the weekend. I think uh, there's a lot of enthusiasm for me for the first time in a while. And, I mean, even if he doesn't do well, it will just be great to see De Rossi back wearing a Roma badge over his, over his chest and uh, in front of the curva. 
So at the very least, we'll get some nostalgia and some uh, sentimental value out of this. Yeah, same. I just, um, I'm just excited to see um, to see someone just new, and, and especially that it's the Rossi. See how we can manage under him, um, and he has a good start against Verona. Really, uh, I know we don't have a couple of players starting, but like you said, Scott, there they are. They are sold like three of their best players, and uh, I think it's a good start for De Rossi to start off on the right foot and get the the crowd hoping again. So I'm excited to see what he can do on Saturday. Likewise, and if Roma do win, do you reckon if if it's a late goal, do you think he'll celebrate running down the touchline? Under the curve, absolutely. I think he'll celebrate crazy at any goal, but especially a late goal. But Scott, that's what that's what I don't want. Please, enough late. Can we just end the game early? I, there's one thing I wish from the Rossi is just we finish off Verona by like the 60th minute. I don't think we've had that once this year, besides maybe Empoli. So, if we could just end off a game early, I would love that. I actually would love that a little more than a late goal and the Rossi running around the Olympico. I think it's Empoli and Calorie. Yes, you're right. Calorie as well. Most emphatic. Yeah. yeah. And the couple of games in the Europa League. I think that pretty much wraps this podcast up. Um, guys, you can follow us at themagicast.com. You can find all our previous episodes on the website. And you can find us on all podcast pl- platforms. Apple, Spotify, Podbean, etc., etc. I would like to thank both Joey and Daniel for coming on. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks a lot. And we're all excited for the new future, aren't we? Aren't we all? Here, here. Excited, excited for Daniele De Rossi. And uh, I just want to say thank you, Jose. Uh, uh, It was a a roller coaster. Um, Good two and a half years. You made this club believe again. Got us to win in a Europa, a Europa Conference League final. Got us to a Europa League final. Um. But sadly, the third and final year, as it is with other clubs, just sadly was, wasn't was there in the end. But glad to see Jose. Thank you so much. Uh, guys, we'll be back, I want to say, at the weekend after the game on, on Saturday for Daniele De Rossi's first game in charge. I didn't think I'd be saying that in 2024, but no. Uh, we'll, we'll speak soon. Enjoy the rest of the week. Force Aroma. Ciao. 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 We'll